Go ahead and take your Bibles, if uh, you have them, and turn to the book of Mark, chapter number 5. And uh, you can remain seated as we go ahead and read this with Mark, chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 1. Lengthy passage of scripture, so uh, you can go ahead and stay seated again and um, just follow along as I read. Mark chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Great story. And so let's begin reading. The Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And crowd cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. For which uh, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and had compassion on thee. And he departed, our last verse, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Wonderful story. A story that shows Jesus' power, Jesus' authority, um, Jesus' ability um, to do many wondrous things in a person's life. But amongst this story, in verse number six, something caught my attention. And as I read the rest of the story, verse number six, from verse number six on, I read that and I thought, huh, interesting. Verse number six, the Bible says, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran. He ran. And thinking about that with, with inspiration from that phrase, he ran. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, A Run to Jesus. A Run to Jesus. Let's pray. 
Father, as we um, begin this morning, as we dive into the message, we pray that you just um, be with all of us, meet with us, may your Holy Spirit be here, and um, Lord, uh, help us to, to, to get a glimpse, uh, or really to get an understanding of what you have us to, to know for as we go throughout this week, and so be with this message, bless it, be with me, help me, uh, not to say anything that I shouldn't, but really just to, to be moved by your Holy Spirit, help us have a good time as we do so, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So running, running, you know... Everyone in here has ran at some point. You might have done it voluntarily or involuntarily, but everyone in here has ran at some point. You do it for sport, think about it, you do it maybe for exercise or again, for involuntary reasons, maybe you're being chased or maybe you forgot something, you have to run to something. The definition of running, okay, and you're, I, th I think you're gonna agree with me with this definition. Moving at a speed faster than a walk and never having both or all feet on the ground at the same time. I think, you, I think you understand that. That's what the word run means. Moving at a speed faster than a walk, never having both or all feet on the ground at the same time. That's the definition of a run, if you didn't know that, by the way. That's, that's the definition of a run. But as I looked in verse number six, I thought to myself, run has a different meaning in my eyes now. So. I, 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 was, I was saying in the first service, I need to probably work for the dictionary guys because I, I have a new definition of run. You want to hear it? The word run, as I read verse number six, the word run, a sincere demonstration of urgency and desperation. Word run, sincere demonstration of urgency and desperation. You say, I'm not following. Okay, well, you think about whenever you've ever ran before in your life. You think about it, let's say for sport. You think about the actual sport of running, track, track and field, okay, you are running urgently and desperately trying to beat the other guys behind you. You play soccer, you are urgently and desperately trying to get that ball down the field and score a goal, desperately and urgently, right? You think about maybe basketball, you see the same thing. Sincere demonstration of urgency and desperation. Why sincere? Because we don't know we're doing it. We, have, we, we don't even understand that. We, we, we don't know we're doing it. So a new definition. So you can go ahead and tell your friends. New definition. You can say it's the dictionary of uh, Brother Trevon. Okay? A sincere demonstration of urgency and desperation. When we're desperate and we sense that urgency, we run. I was reading a story this week about a man that was driving along a country road. And when he, as he was driving, he looked next to his car on his left and he saw a chicken running next to his car. This guy thinking to himself, what? And he's going, he looked at his, at his meter, he's going 30 miles an hour. He says, okay, well, let me speed up. Maybe I'm just seeing things. So he, speed up, he speeds up to 40 miles an hour. And uh, no doubt the chicken speeds up next to him, 40 miles an hour. And he's thinking, no, 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 I can't, I can't, be, I can't be seeing this right. A chicken running at 40 miles an hour doesn't happen. So he speeds up at 50 miles an hour. Sure enough, that chicken comes next to him, speeds up 50 miles an hour. And he thinks to himself, what am I seeing? So he looks intently on this chicken and he notices, very unusual, that this chicken has three legs. Three legs. And so he said, a three-leg chicken that's running at 50 miles an hour. I must be dreaming. So he speeds at 60 miles an hour. Sure enough, 60 miles an hour, that chicken comes next to him. And it, to his surprise, that chicken goes past him, runs a, runs a couple of hundred yards and takes a left. 
And so now he's curious. Three-legged chicken going 60 miles an hour, he's curious. He's, he, he stops, he takes that left, and he wants to go see that chicken. By the time he takes that left, chicken's gone. Not in sight. Well, he saw down the road that there was this guy checking his mail, and so he goes to that guy and he said, hey, did you see that three-legged chicken going um, 60 miles an hour down this road? And the guy laughed. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, it's, he's one of mine. And he says, one of yours? And now the guy's kind of curious. He says, one of yours? What do you mean, one of yours? He says, well, he says, I have a very unusual uh, problem in my house. He says, see, we have chickens. And uh, my wife, we're a family. We like to eat chickens. Okay? He says, my wife, she likes the drumstick. And me, I liked the drumstick. And everything was fine until we had a son. And come to, dis come to discover, guess what he likes? The drumstick. And so he said, so I, I came up with this plan, and so I decided to breed three-legged chickens. Said, and it worked. Said, I have a whole field of them. Look at them right there. See, he looks into the field, and it's three-legged chickens just, just running around all through the field. And this guy, he's, he's amazed, and he thought, whoa, that is, he's, you know, he's amazed. He says, well, congratulations on, um, on, on breeding this, this three-legged chicken and also congratulations on, on breeding such a fast chicken. He says, but I have to ask, how does it taste? And the guy said, oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I've never been able to catch one of them. <laughs> that chicken, chickens know when, when it's time to go to the colonel. And that chicken, with urgency and desperation, whenever we see a chicken, they try to run from us, don't they? With urgency and desperation, they take off. And running for sport, for exercise, maybe you think about this, for exercise, maybe you exercise and you want to stay in shape or you want to lose weight. With urgency and desperation, you run to burn some calories. You run to lose some weight. I'm telling you, you're going to leave here, and that, that definition of run is going to be in your mind. You, you can thank me later, okay? But we run desperately and urgently, uh, and sincere form of it. In our past, we observe a man with that same urgency and desperation running to Jesus. And I got to thinking about that. Because the Bible here shows us an example of urgently and desperately bringing the needs and burdens we have to Jesus. This man, he had a need, he had a burden. We're going to talk about that in, in, a few, in a few moments. But he urgently and desperately brought that need and that burden to Jesus. And the reality is we all in here have needs, we all in here have burdens. Jesus knowing this in Matthew 11, verse number 28, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Jesus, knowing that we're going to have burdens, knowing that we're going to have need, says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. And so as the Bible shows us that example of urgently and desperately bringing the needs to Jesus and the burdens that, um, that we need to bring to Jesus, the question that we're faced with is, do we have a need? And if we have a need, what are our needs this morning? What do we need to take to Jesus or better yet, what do we need to run to Jesus with? What do we need to run to Jesus with? What do we desperately and urgently need to take to Jesus this morning? We're going to kind of um, look at this passage. We're going to look in this, this man's life and see why he was willing to urgently and desperately go to Jesus. But before that, let's kind of get some background here. So when we, as we enter this passage, we see Jesus had just finished teaching 
on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, it's really the end of, of a really familiar story in Mark chapter number 4. So let's, Mark chapter number 4, let's back up a few verses in, in uh, verse number 35. The Bible says, And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. So Jesus had just finished um, speaking the parable of, of the grain of a mustard seed. If, if you know, he was, he was uh, preaching on the seaside there. And so now he's saying, okay, let's, let's pass and let's, let's go from here. And let's go on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. You see that in verse number 36, the Bible says, And when they had sent away the multitude, so they're now trying to get the people to go so they can leave. When they had sent the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. So we know this story. There, there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. So here's Jesus now asleep, trying to no doubt catch himself, trying to, trying to, trying to uh, reserve himself. He was asleep on a pillow and they awake him and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And we see the iconic verse in in uh, verse number 39. Don't you, don't you love these type of verses? It says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and saith unto the, the, the sea, and look at that phrase, Peace be still. See that power of Jesus there. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said in verse number 40, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And in verse number 41, you see the Bible says that they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So really a great story that we're coming in onto the tail end of, but also a great story that we're about to embark on and we're about to kind of dissect. Because as they dock up, as that, that ship comes on the other side of the sea, as the Bible says in verse number five, um, or verse number uh, one of chapter number five, that they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. As they dock up, Something, something interesting happened. So you'll realize that you saw this twice and you probably didn't realize it. But in verse number two, the Bible says, and when he was come out of the ship, what's that next word? Immediately. Immediately. This man immediately, desperately, urgently had to come to Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have a need, if you have a burden, let us be willing to desperately, urgently, and immediately come to Jesus. So this man was urgent. He was desperate about his needs. And so... We ponder, what needs do we have? Are we willing to run to Jesus with it? Because the Bible shows us an example of urgently and desperately bringing the needs and burdens we have to Jesus. And so let's kind of look at this guy's run. Okay, let's look, at, let's look at his run. Let's look at the events of his run. Let's see, first of all, the reason for his run. Now you see in verse number two, the Bible says, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the, the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. What was this man's need, first of all? This man was burdened, or he was demon-possessed, an unclean spirit. He was demon-possessed, and because of that demon-possession, there, there are a few things that that demon-possession drove him to do. And so we're going to talk about them. You see, it says in verse number one, immediately there met him uh, out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. In verse number three, the Bible says, who had, his who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not in chains. You see, first of all, this demon possession made him dwell with the dead. Made him kind of dwell with the dead. Now, this, you know, this might seem weird to us, but it was even weirder back in Jewish customs, because back in, uh, or even now, still today, Jewish uh, uh, customs, you're not supposed to be around the dead. 
I've, I've heard stories of, of men uh, maybe driving past a graveyard or even flying over in a plane, covering themselves in plastic bags so they cannot be exposed to any type of deadness or any types of death, really. And so to see this, this man here dwelling with the dead, shouldn't have happened, unnatural. But because he was demon possessed, it drove him to do that. We see also in verse number three, who had his dwelling place among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, he was powerful. You know, although he was powerful, he was uncontrollable. It's uncontrollable. No man could bind him, no, not with chains. They tried. They see that in verse number four, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. He's uncontrollable. So this demon possession drives drive this man to dwell with the dead, drives this man to be uncontrollable, and one of the, the most saddest, um, in, in my eyes at least, one of the saddest things that a person could experience is next. Steam possession drove this man to be purposeless. Purposeless. He's in verse number five. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs. Purposeless. Just always, night and day, in the mountains, in the tombs. Purposeless. Not doing anything. Purposeless. And because of that purposelessness, what was the next word? Crying. No doubt miserable because he can't, he can't get over, he can't get this demon possession to, to come out of him. What a burden. What a burden. So it's purposeless, miserable, and then we see in the latter part of that verse, crying and cutting himself with stones. He was self-destructive. Because he couldn't break away, he's just trying to, trying, to, trying to hurt himself. Or really because the demon just wanted him to hurt himself. Self-destructive. I'm telling you, he had good reason to run to Jesus. Desperately and urgently, he had good reason to run to Jesus. And it could be in here that we have good reason to run to Jesus this morning. Run to him. So we see the reason for this run to Jesus. But I want us to see, sec uh, secondly, by way of introduction, the reverence in this run to Jesus. So in verse number six, the Bible says, But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Now, when he ran, the fact that he ran shows that he saw a salvation. He saw help. There is my help. He saw a salvation. He's, he, rev, he reverenced a salvation, verse number 6. But then you also see he reverenced the Savior, didn't he? He ran, what was the next word? He worshipped him. Reverence in this in this run. And I got to tell you, when we run to Jesus, may we recognize, hey, Jesus, I know that you can help me. We, just kind of, we, we kind of heard a message similar to this this past Wednesday about David encouraging himself in the Lord. And here we got a guy here running to Jesus, running his problems to Jesus. I got to thinking about that and back-to-back -back messages of, of taking our burdens to the Lord. Someone in here has a burden. Someone. And you know, if you have that burden, run that to Jesus. Run to Jesus, just like this man did. And so we see the reverence in his run. He's, he saw a salvation. He saw a Savior. And ladies and gentlemen, when we run to Jesus, we'll, we'll see salvation. We'll see a Savior. We will. We'll understand that Jesus is our salvation. It's our Savior. So we see the, the reason for him to run to Jesus and the reverence in this run to Jesus. But with any run that you do, there's results. There's a result of that run. Think about it. So if you're running for exercise, your results is that you may be burned a few calories, 
right? If you're running for sport, your result is that um, um, you, 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 you get faster or you, you run down the court and you're able to compete with the people. If you're running track, your, your, your result okay, might be that you win, but there's results. Well, we see here a result or results really of this man's run to Jesus. So we're going to see the result of this run to Jesus. And so if you're taking notes, really you're going to look at three results of his run to Jesus. Three results of his run to Jesus. And so the first result, let's, let's start in verse number seven. The Bible says, And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And in verse number eight, the Bible says, And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. The first result we see is that a problem is cured. A problem is cured. Jesus commanded the demon to come out of this man, and when Christ casted that demon out, the man's problem was cured because this man's greatest problem was this demon possession. And when this demon possession left, so did the miserableness. So did the purposelessness. That big problem that Jesus took care of, problem is cured. And ladies and gentlemen, I think we understand this, but let me remind you this morning, Jesus wants to cure your problem. He wants to cure, every, he wants to cure everyone's problem in here. We serve a God that wants to cure problems. And this guy, when his problem was cured, I think we can recognize from this passage that his problem was cured from absolute power. Absolute power. In verse number 8, you see the Bible says, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Who else has the power to cast out demons? See, absolute power. Jesus, Jesus um, speaks of this absolute power in Matthew uh, chapter number 19, verse 26, when the Bible says, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And with God, ladies and gentlemen, all things are possible. So if you have a burden this morning, know that your burden, your problem could be cured with absolute power. Absolute. We see it was cured with absolute power, but it was also cured with absolute authority. As you read down the rest of these verses, the Bible says, And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much, that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Authority. Power and authority, Jesus cured this man's problem. And with power and authority, he can cure our problems. Any burden that we have, he says, come unto me, I'll give you rest. Any burden that, he, that we have, with power and authority, he can cure that burden. He can cure that problem. Who has a, who has a burden here this morning? What's your burden? What's your need? Because you run that to Jesus, he'll cure that problem. You see, the first thing was that a problem was cured and the second thing, as we kind of read down, a life was changed. A life. It was changed. The Bible says then, in verse number uh, 13, And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what 
it was that was done. And look at verse number 15. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. See, your life was changed, wasn't it? Because of this guy's uh, uh, run to Jesus, his life was changed. Not only was his problem cured, but his life was changed. Jesus changes lives, doesn't he? And he changed my life. Now, I'm, I'm thankful I can say that, um, you know, I was saved as a teenager, and I'm thankful I can say that I didn't experience or, or ever get into anything um, um, major that, that, you know, I had to, to be able to, to, to um, really get the, the, the mighty hand of God, or, or you, know, you know what I'm saying. He changes lives. So when, you look, when I look at my life, you might think, oh, well, you were never dabbled into anything, so nothing really changed. I'll tell you what, a lot of things changed. A lot of things changed. And as I look at this guy in this passage, I think we have something in common. And I want you to look at it as well. You see, first of all, what changed in his life? Well, notice his actions changed. His actions changed. You see, the Bible says that the same guy that had the legion was sitting. Now, he didn't, that wasn't his MO. He didn't normally do that. He was not normally sitting. He couldn't normally sit. Remember, they couldn't control him. What was his action? Now he was sitting control his, his actions. Because his, his, his life was changed, his actions was changed. You see also that his appearance was changed, wasn't it? What was the next word? And clothed. His appearance was changed. I know for me, when I got saved, and I've, I've told the teens the story, but when I got saved, I, I had to realize that, hey, if you're going to be a Christian, if, if you're going to be distinct and, and not follow after the world, you can't dress like them. And for me, I, I, had to, I had to really dig within deep in, in myself and, and think to myself, how should I dress, Lord? How do, how do you want me to dress? And then one day in, a, in youth group, there's a, a preacher, black guy, came in and, and he preached and I saw him. And the first, before he even spoke, I saw him and I thought to myself, that is different. I mean, this guy was sharp. He had on, and, and he, he didn't even have on a suit, but he had on a tie. He just had a shirt and it's tucked in. And, just, and me thinking as a teenager, I thought to myself, that is different. That is different. That's what I want. And from that moment on, I, 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 I made the decision that I'm going to present myself in a way that is different and distinct. So here's this guy. His appearance was changed. His actions was changed. His appearance was changed. And then notice his attitude was changed, wasn't it? His attitude. You see it in verse, there, in, uh, verse number 15. It says, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. His attitude was no more miserable his attitude was no more dark. What was it? And he was in his right mind. His attitude was changed. Why? Because Jesus changes lives. Changes lives. You didn't know that this morning. Let me, or if you need to be reminded, reminded of that, Jesus changes lives, ladies and gentlemen. What needs do you have? Because when you take that burden to him, when you run that burden to him, I promise you, your problem will be cured. Your burden, will, it will be lifted, I promise you. Your life will be changed. It will. Why not run this morning to Jesus with your burden, with your problem? This guy, he experienced it. His, his problem was cured, his life was changed. And then lastly this morning, see a desire was created. Now this is an interesting one, but I want you to get this. 
Verse number 16, the Bible says, And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And look at verse number 18. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. And so here's these, this group of people. They just saw what Jesus did. And so rather than wanting Jesus to stay, they say, no, get him out of here. And so as Jesus, as the Bible says, as Jesus is, is getting ready to leave, as he's on the ship, that guy that just got that demon cast out of him came unto him. What did he say? He prayed him. Really, he begged him. Jesus, let me come with you. A desire was created. The man's desire was to be with Jesus. His desire was to be with Jesus. Well, you say, why is that important? Well, it, 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 it leads us to believe, or it leads us to understand, really, that when we see Jesus in action, we want, to see, we want to see more. When we see what Jesus can do for us, we want to see more. The more we see Jesus in action and experience his goodness, the more we'll want to be with him. I've, I've preached, I think, a message about this lately. But there's just an overwhelming sense of loyalty that comes over a person when they've understood the goodness of God. When you understand that God is good, there's an, an overwhelming sense that comes over you that makes you want to be with God because you know you can trust him. You know you can trust him. And so here's this guy, as he sees Jesus uh, um, cast out this demon, changes his life, cures his problem, his desire now is to be with Jesus. Get to thinking about, really, my wife and I and how thankful we are to be here. You know, it's... You know, I started out like, like how everything is right now. I didn't, we didn't just, I didn't just step into America with everything the way it is. I didn't just step into America with, with a place to live, you know, with a car to drive, and with a job. It didn't just happen like that. But just thinking about it, myself and, and, and her, we were talking the other day and just reflecting on everything that God has done for us in the past really year. It's amazing. And that motivates us. And makes us love what we do. When you recognize that God is good, that'll make you love what you do. That'll make you love serving him. And that'll give you a desire to continue to serve him. We see that in this man's life. He was desiring to be with Jesus. His desire surely was to see Jesus. To see more of Jesus. Because he, no doubt he's thinking, as I go with Jesus, I'll get to see him in action. Not just in my life, but in the lives of other people. He surely wanted to taste and see that the Lord was good. He wanted to continue doing that. His desire was to see more of Jesus, and his desire probably was to know more about Jesus. That was his desire, to be with Jesus so he can see, to see him and to know him. That's our desire, isn't it? As we serve God, as we see God do big things in our lives, our desire is to continue to see God. Not that that should be our motivation, but to see God continue to do those works and continue to, to get to know him. His desire was to be with Jesus and it's really only because he was willing to run his problem to Jesus. Are you, and am I, are we willing to run our problems to Jesus this morning? Because no doubt we have some. But Jesus says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. So when we run our needs and burdens to Jesus, we will, we will see results. Again, running comes with results, right? But running 
something unique happens after running. Rest. Rest. So we see the results um, of this run to Jesus. A problem is cured, a life is changed, and a desire is created. But I want us to notice the rest from this run. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says that. But we see the rest of this man as, uh, by way of conclusion. The rest from this run to Jesus. What, what did he rested in? Well, first of all, in verse number 19, the Bible says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish it in Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him. He rested, ladies and gentlemen, with purpose. He rested with purpose. No more was going into the mountains, go, dwelling into the tombs, no more, but he rested. Well, after that run with Jesus, or after that run to Jesus, his rest was, per, was with purpose. Jesus told him, he says, go home. Jesus knowing that, um, yes, you can come with me, but a greater purpose lies for you in your hometown. Go tell your friends. Just go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. When we, ladies and gentlemen, I want us to get this. When we take our burdens to God, when we see God show up in that miraculous way, we will want to tell others. We will have purpose to be able to tell others, hey, look at what God did for me. Look at what God has done for me. He rested with purpose. He said, go home to tell your friends. But look at this purpose. This purpose drives far beyond um, what, we, what we really just read, but it has to go deeper. We have to dig deeper to see how far this purpose went. Look at in verse number 20. And he departed and began to publish it, or began to publish in Decapolis. Now, the word Decapolis does not just mean one city. It means ten cities. Jesus told this man, go home to thy friends, to your city. Here's this guy publishing it in 10 cities. Going back home is not enough for this guy. In his eyes, 10 cities need to hear this. 10 cities. So we see purpose went beyond just going home, but knowing that more than just his friends need to hear that. He rested with purpose, and then lastly, he rested with a testimony. You see that in verse number 20, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis and how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. And that's how it happens, doesn't it? When we have a need and Jesus meets that need, and people look at our lives and say, wow, Jesus did that for you? Wow. God is good. Men will marvel, won't they? He rested with a testimony forever. He will be known as the guy that Jesus casted that demon out of that Jesus did that miracle out of. He'll, he'll forever be known as that guy. What a testimony. I don't have that testimony. I don't know of anyone in here that has that testimony. But what a testimony. You have a need, a burden, that you just need to, to give to Jesus. You have one. Because if you do, let's run, let's run that to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying, okay, that because he ran, these are the things that happen, okay? Don't, 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 don't misunderstand or misinterpret that if you don't run to Jesus with urgency or with, with desperation, right? If you don't do that, that it won't happen. I'm not saying that. Jesus says, come unto me. But I'm saying, 
we should do if we want our needs met is with urgency and desperation run to Jesus don't stay burdened down don't stay don't stay um, with the burdens on you don't stay weighted but take your needs and your burdens to the Lord and let him give you rest one of my my favorite promises throughout the Bible casting all your care upon him for he careth for you ladies and gentlemen he cares for us he wants us he wants that burden to be off of us the altar is going to be open here in a second and we're going to have a chance to get that burden lifted off of us who has a need in here this morning who has a burden that they need to get off of off of them they need to give to Jesus that they need to run to Jesus with urgency and with um, desperation let's let's take that burden to Jesus this morning